0: Welcome to that comic smell podcast,
1: with your hosts
2: David Robertson,
1: Fernando Bons, Mike Sadakat, and Tom Stewart.
0: Here, the connection seems to have improved ever since I took my camera off
3: <laughs> yeah you are off uh, Dave is still a blank screen with DR I'm kind of feeling like I'm talking to Hall from- <laughs> <It's, let's see. laughs> if Dave starts to speak in a robotic voice very calm with an English accent I'm gonna be worried
0: I can't do that Dave
2: <laughs>
3: I switch off now. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh
1: dear. Okay, Nando. Too much water.
0: <laughs> so, oh,
3: kids' comics oh, all ages comics?
0: Yeah, that's more like it. It's,
3: it. it's, it. it's done. Yeah, it's only a quarter past eight. <laughs> one
0: hour—that's <laughs> all right. Ed, we started at seven, though. We didn't start at half six. We're all right, you know. <laughs> uh, <that's> one hour.
1: <laughs> the standards. Ah, <laughs> uh, we we had important business to discuss.
0: We did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We did. I've um, I've got an issue with this. Uh, this um you know, kids' comics, it seems to be a th- a thing that everybody says you know oh, this is a kid's comic, or well, listen to this one it's a kid's comic, blah, 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 or even it's you know it's an all ages comic end of the day, it's a comic, it's a comic that's it if 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 a child is allowed the permission to read it or wants to read it or an adult wants to read that- comic, at the end of the day it's a comic it sh- if as soon as you pigeonhole them into kids or all ages or um ad comics for adults or anything like that you're you're excluding a whole sector right there there's going to be a section of people that get put off if you start giving things an age limit or so, or some form like that giving it some sort of pigeonhole it irritates the life out of me i know we know what we mean when we say all ages are kids comics i get that it's it's fine it's it's you know it's it's an easy way to explain it but if you're then using that as like a promotional tool as well, it puts an entire section of people off. People that go like, exclusionary and give it, oh, oh, oh kids comics. Oh, right, okay, I know I'm not reading that. Oh, all ages. Oh, that means it's it's like it's downplayed and all the characters will be speaking in like baby talk. Blah blah. It's like, know. oh. I disagree
3: on. I disagree on that. All ages doesn't have to be downplayed because all ages you can have a comic with all ages and you have a kid and read it, and then you have an adult and may have a different reading to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, no, I I, no, I, I totally agree so, with that. I mean, in that there is a section... What
3: do say, kids, comics? No, but all, age, all ages, I like that label. I think that's good. And as a parent, that's important to me. And it's important ah. for
0: me. Ah, see, you know, that, that's, that's where we're... That's
3: yeah. As an educator, that's important. Because... And Dave can tell you that as well, when he was working in the library, you know, you don't want a kid to grab grab a graphic novel that may have mature content, whether it's that explicit or nudity or violence or whatever other theme is in there. Um, But if you have a comic with all ages, for example, Calvin and Hopes, then a kid can read it and they enjoy it, and we can read it as adults, and we'll enjoy it, and we might see something else that I will enjoy even more. Mm. So, and it's still all ages. It's not kids' comic. Eh? It's all ages. Um, so yeah, that's that's the, that's that's my idea. Because if you're gonna create a, if we we'll do a podcast and we're talking about, oh, this is the topic today, then we need to we need to put something in there. We need to put perhaps a peg. We have to kind of make some borders or or, or Allocated that somewhere. So all ages comics. Yes. I like that idea.
1: Okay You know that animated cartoons have exactly the same issues people because they're aimed at Everyone to begin with most animated cartoons were aimed at everyone and eventually down the line it became dismissed as just for children and yeah. sometimes it means they suffer a little bit more when it comes to things like funding and advertising but it took it took quite a while for cartoons aimed at adults to make a comeback and then for cartoons to be more acceptable for everyone that's when uh, the likes of ralph Baski came about to, to 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 sort of pull it away from uh, just being a, a media for for small small children Mm. I think comics, it's really reflected on that as well.
0: Mm. Mm.
3: Initially, it was considered for, for children, but as the time has passed, it's another medium. And anyone can do anything in comics, and that could be orientated to any sort of ages or groups, if you want to put it that way, I feel. All right, okay. Now, if we're looking into superhero comics, superhero comics were orientated to kids from the very beginning, mm-hmm. eighty, even 80 years or more than that. You know, they were orientated for that. Um, the problem now is you go to a shop Or you go online or you go to your booksellers and you buy some superhero comics, and there'll be many of them. They are not suitable for a junkie. Yeah. For whatever theme, reason, whatever you want to do it. Well, that's fair. To the classics, if you look into the classics from Marvel and DC from the 70s, 60s, 70s, and even some stuff from the 80s, yes, they'll enjoy that. I mean, in my son, for example, he loves all that stuff. He loves Fantastic Four from Leon Kirby. He loves Marvel team-up from the 70s and the 80s with Chris Clement and John Byrne. He loves, you know, all the classic superheroes, or so-called classic superhero adventures. But as soon as you give something that was made in the 90s or onwards, where the style of narrative or art or whatever you want to call it is in, then he says, "I don't like it. It's all too realistic." He says mm. he, he he wants to escape. He doesn't want to go into something realistic. Mm-hmm. I'm talking the case of my son. I don't know what everyone else's.
0: Yeah, I think um, going back to your point about libraries, though, they have an awful habit of marking stuff like that as fourteen plus, which in a library almost almost gets. That's almost like a mark where it's not going to get read in a way, yeah. and it's not going to get read by the right people. Especially like your your old like Fantastic Fours. I mean, fourteen plus, really? Like that. that's you know what I mean. But unfortunately, a lot of the a lot of the sites that sell them, that's what they market them as. So that's what the libraries end up buying them in and marking them as as fourteen plus. Yeah. Um, but then that,
3: that is we're looking into censorship. Yeah, well, yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah, that could be another
0: podcast. I don't even, I don't even think that's just censorship though. That's 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 um, that's really yeah. It's yeah. ill ill placed certification. It seems to be yeah. hap- it seems to happen a lot with comics, especially um, that stuff gets certified wrongly because they don't know and they don't look into it. They just certify it, just being safe.
3: Uh, it's just ignorance.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Everybody's doing that. We were very lucky because we had Dave, for example. Yeah. working. So he got the stuff and he knew, no, no, this is this, this is that. Uh, but it's an endless task, he could tell you,
0: because mm-hmm.
3: he was fighting earlier uh, with everyone. So, no, no, that should be like this. And no, that should be like that. But I don't know.
2: They used to have the, the coming of Galactus trilogy, Fantastic Four. Used to have that marked as teen. So that was always in the teen section. And I thought kids would love that, you know. Yeah. So I, I just always used to accidentally put it in junior's bit. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> yes. Of course. So that was it. And uh, that was that was a constant thing. That was a like automatic walk into the junior kids bit and drop it in there by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. I mean, I read that when I was eight or something. And I loved it.
1: Yeah. And
2: you'd maybe like it if you were nineteen or something, but I don't know. I think you need to read stuff like that when you're when you're
0: young. Yeah. Am yeah. I am I right in saying that when the libraries order stuff in, though, they only go off of the they only get given the rating in which it is when they buy it.
2: The thing is, all the way along the line, you're dealing with people that don't know. Yeah um so it's it's graphic novels you know it's a genre so it's all that graphic novel stuff and people don't well things always change as years go by but what what it used to be was people didn't know about comics comics had sort of turned into graphic novels and graphic novels i think are for adults so every Comic that's coming in, no matter what it is, has got a graphic novel written on it. So maybe this is maybe this is for adults. So you certainly can't have it in the kids section because yeah. you know you don't want kids reading, yeah, yeah. Comics. but you, what can you do? You can't sit and read every single graphic novel that comes in to be sure. So you just err on the side of caution, you know, kind of stick it in teens. Because that, that's kind of in the middle. Yeah, okay, do that. And then on to other business, you know. I I wrote a set of gu- guidelines for the for libraries, trying to be helpful about what to do. It was like a one-page document. Here's what to do when a comet comes in, and <laughs> you decide how to classify it. And um, I did not best. It, it is a minefield. I stuck it on my blog. It's still up on my blog.
0: All right. Yeah. I'll,
2: uh, I'll, I'll give you the link for it.
0: Yeah, that'd be good. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'll 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 stick the link in the show notes. Ta da!
2: <laughs> <Hey. laughs> yeah, it was a constant, um, even say say battle. It was just you had to, because the stinks are quite high as well. If you got it wrong, right? You know, little 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 baby kids getting comics with sex in them and stuff. You know, because it's visual,
1: it's drawings and stuff. You know. Mm so that reminds me of the time some someone's five-year-old kid went on google images and typed in pikachu pokemon and the kid's mum came across and saw pikachu in uh, all sorts of uh japanese hentai situations with adult women with the uh, and P- pikachu sported a full set of large human genitals as well and uh as soon as this woman saw it she she went out and uh, did the old band this filth and apparently sent letters into the animation studios in Japan and and they were like, yeah, and? Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not us that are doing it, it's fans. That's That reminds me of another
2: um, example. I started in a library service and I went in and in the back office was all the manga on a the shelf. There was none out on the... Uh, on the stock floor, but out in the library. And uh, I remember I said, oh, what's happening here? Oh, some, um, a parent had come in. they had been, you know, a lot of these they are right on it, 18-plus and things mm-hmm. on the back. And They do tell you. But one of them had just been stuck in the in the kids' bed. So uh, a parent had come in and complained about this. So what had happened in every branch in that um, council library service was... The order had gone out look just go out get all those manga and put them in the put them in the back office that had solved that problem and they'd been sat there for years you know Jesus
0: so um <clears throat> so what what all ages or kids comics would you would you want to see in a in a library
2: bone bone just, yeah
0: so you so bone would be like a staple point for you? You would you would want to see you would want to see that if you, you would know a library was worth its salt if it had bone. Yeah, I think so.
2: Every right. piece of bone. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Calvin and Hobbes, as Nando said.
0: Okay. Peanuts, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. The staple points. Yeah. 10? T- yeah. Asterix? I mean, Tintin, yeah, but he's in there. Tintin and Asterix are in there. They're stuck in the kids' book. Yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah.
0: No, I'm just saying, like, just, just in general, like, what would you, oh, yeah. if, if you were going into a kids, uh, an all ages or a kids section in, in, comics, in a library, is that what you would want to, want to see? Would well, you? I do
2: think there is a place for all the, the superhero stuff. I mean, because I read all that as a kid, so mm-hmm. it's funny to think of kids' comics. I mean, that was kind of the default. I mean, there was kid comics, and there's other stuff. You know, there was that idea. It's all kids' comics, all all of it. So, I mean, the idea that Batman and Superman and everything aren't kids' comics is just absolutely idiotic to me. Yeah. You know, I'll never forget them doing that Batman versus Superman film and and the advert coming on telly. And my son liked Batman and Superman, and I remember, they've made a Batman-Superman film. The sheer excitement of this, you know, and I just—there was no way I could have took him to see that. You know, no. I take, I think he was like five or something.
1: Yeah. So there you
2: go—you've created a, a, a world where Batman and Superman. You no, know, you can't go and see that you your five. And you know, why don't you just chop your own dick off while you're at it? <laughs> Sido. Second
0: Sido, chop your dick off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's just, yeah. I, 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 I get what you mean, though. I do, I do get what you mean.
2: So, to it's, me, things like Spidey, Steve Ditko, you know, yeah. FF Kirby, Lee, and, and even Hulk—there's yeah. a place for all that in the in the kids' comics. Hmm. Would
0: you, would you actually see it there, though? Or would it be in a? T- would it be in be- in amongst the teens and the graphic yeah. novels?
2: In the teen, but is it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, these things. Libraries are kind <clears throat> of ruthless as well. It's not like they've got. Uh, you know, there's classics sections. Right. You know, *Wuthering Heights* and all that. Any classic book, so that's going to be in the library. That's good. That'll be in there. Any graphic novel, any comic that goes in is treated like any other regular book. I mean, it'll be, it will go into print. Say, say Marvel collected the Galactus trilogy ten years ago. Hmm. They'll get that book in. Great. Right? And then that'll go out. That'll get issued for a bit. You know, say three, four years down the line, it's not been out for a year. Okay, well, it's time to take that off and stick it in the book sale, you know, for 20 pence. So that's, these things just go round and round. There's no, um, there's no canon of good kids' comics that sits there and won't be touched.
0: Right.
2: You know, I mean, yeah, in general. I think it goes down again. It's,
3: it's just that uh, it's education, knowledge, awareness by the people, readers, the, the members of the staff in the libraries exactly. in this particular case. It's, it's a whole thing, you know, society itself. Um, but yeah, it's, as they say that superhero comics should be there. But unfortunately, nowadays, the ones that DC, Marvel, and everyone else is publishing right now, they're published for adults. They're not published for kids. I don't see anyone that is, you know, that reminds me of what I read, when I read Marvel Team up with the Spider-Man and whoever was invited that week, or The Uncanny X-Men from you know the nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties with John Byrne, Chris come, making those comics for example. Or The Avengers by Rod Thomas and Pusima, for example, or when Lambs was working. The, the, those comics nowadays, there's there's hardly any made. They they orientate towards the adult readership. And maybe there's more adults reading comics or that's the sort of readership they have uh, but it's sad that they can orientate also things towards kids too because that's you know it's important for them I mean I'm lucky my kids read comics because they have seen me reading comics at home this so was, they read this
0: was,
3: yeah, yeah by comics and yeah they do their own things you know but that's it, again it's part of education I try to educate them on you know, yeah, there is this. And I said to my son, you know, this is really good, but you are not old enough yet to understand the meaning of it. I think it's worth for you to wait three more years. For example, looking at the saga of the swan thing. Yeah, you could read it now, but... Pff, yeah. a it needs three more years to kind of understand more of it and actually get more from it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's this, you know, it's... Yeah, it's education, it's... it's Ask everyone, but anyway, I got a pile of comics here. <laughs> I would like to show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's what's. Because <laughs> we're getting down the rabbit hole with this. I was I was, I,
0: gonna... I was wanting to ask something though, just just briefly before you do. Do you think now that, um, kids will only read or find comics if somebody close to them reads comics? Do you think or do you think that it's still possible that they would find them on their own because the stories that you hear from people our, our, like our kind of well mine and your generation or whatever like it was always a case of we were the ones that were reading the comics and the parents had no interest whereas now it seems to be kind of flipped that a lot of the time it's the parents that are the ones that are interested and that's how the kids end up getting into them you know what I mean
3: yeah uh, unfortunately that's the situation pretty much. Because if you go to the news agents, there's hardly any comics. Or if you go to the supermarket or the news agents, the, the comics that you see are or the magazines they come with the toy, etc. But there's nothing else. Yeah. There's hardly any comic pages on them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. It's just it's just odd. It's just odd when you think about it that we, we were kinda we kinda found them. And it wasn't really our folks that were really pushing it. Um, maybe they would buy them for us, but it wasn't so much that they would—they would be the ones saying, "Oh, read this," or whatever, you know. Oh, get these, or, you know. It, it, it was very much we gravitated towards them, as opposed to nowadays. It's almost like the kids need to see somebody take an interest in it before they do, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say, as well,
3: is at least, at least for example in the primary school them. Um, my kids went, and actually my daughter still goes, uh, they've done comics, and how to create comics, and how to understand yeah. the language of which that would have been unthinkable for us in our generation. And certainly for me, at school, the teacher how to make a comic,
0: Is that how a, a comic works is that a particular teacher though or is that something that was actually on the syllabus
3: in the syllabus certainly right. at, well, at least in cuz they they do like topics and they do projects on it so they had this month and the project that they were working a little bit during the week was to make a comic strip so my daughter did some for yeah. example that was so that was that's good mm-hmm. that's good that you know we're looking at a comic as, as a art and as a way of communication as a medium so that's that's good yeah that's something that's Uh but it's required because comics have been left aside yeah for a younger generation for us it was a cheap way of entertainment
0: mm-hmm. yeah 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 now no, they've got now they've uh,
3: twenty million things
1: to, to look into a screen if I yeah. want to. Yeah. So yeah, there
0: is that. Okay.
1: Okay. You know, for my for myself, it was um combination of things. Uh, again, with animated cartoons, they often had their equivalents in comics that were released at that time. And toys. Toys often came with mini comics. And it was my parents didn't read comics, but I did. And only a handful of my friends read read comics, but not not that much. We, we weren't really big comic readers compared to a lot of other people. But as a kid, I, I probably read uh, above average. And again, it was connected to cartoons and toys. And I really got into comics when I was in my teenage years. And uh, also, uh, when I had a trip to Florida, and I was amazed to see all these comic shops along these linear roads. Hmm. And uh, in the early 90s and late 80s, they were extremely common to see comics there. To me, it was like the the next big thing. (laughs) Uh, I've always been a visual person. I enjoyed going there and looking around and buying souvenirs and stuff and buying uh, a... Buying a comic at virtually every single comic shop I went inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, it's mostly been through myself that mm. I got interested in the comics. I'm I'm. But I'm, the, the important source is that it was secondary. Yeah. My my main aim was the cartoons and the toys and the comics came after. But the comics seem to have been the thing that's lasted the longest in my uh, my enthusiasm. Yeah. Do you know I'm I'm am I'm asking out
0: of personal interest as well, because obviously doing stuff for Fairspark, I'm interested to know what kids think about comics and how they kinda of come to them and what influences it and stuff like that as well. So I'm I'm it's interesting hearing it from the perspective of a parent as well. Um, how their kids kind of find it and stuff, Nando. That's that's really interesting. Anyway, right, Nando, you've got a big pile you're wanting to get through. Can I
3: start? <laughs> yeah, I don't think So yeah, as we mentioned earlier on, uh, superhero comics, especially classics, um, rather than go through a list, um, Panini in the UK has done a selection of pocketbooks, uh, which I include all the classics from Spider-Man, and Fantastic Four, they've done Avengers, they've done X-Men. So, those pocketbooks are actually really good. Um, and they are quite good from the point of view also for kids because they are not expensive. And you get a lot of stories in the book. You
0: know,
3: you get about six to eight issues at least in each pocketbook.
0: And they're a good size uh, as well.
3: Exactly, at a good price. So, certainly, that is that sort of <laughs> idea. I think that's that's really good, and I, I and perhaps that was Panini had the idea at the beginning to kind of yes. introduce that. Um, so I bought and I have a few of them, and, and I think they're great. Especially reprints from the first six issues of Incredible Hulk or Fantastic Four or um, Stanley and John Romita's uh, Spider-Man. There's lots of them as well. So yeah, it's that's that's something that's something good there. So yeah, that something like that is really good. Calvin um, and Hopes? Yes, that's all ages, and my 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 ten year old daughter loves them. My son finds them absolutely hilarious. I love them too. What's not to love? You know, uh, that's just one of them. I mean, obviously there's many, but Calvin and Hopes I think is fantastic. Um,
0: that's a staple point.
3: Yeah.
0: You can't, you can't, you this. can't go wrong with with Calvin and Hobbes.
3: Oh, or peanuts, you know. Yeah. Peanuts. Although my daughter knows them as Snoopy. Yeah. It's a Snoopy I, d- I did for a, ah, it's, I did for the
0: longest for time. A Snoopy, so yeah, it's a Snoopy. So uh, you know, she loves that too. We um, yeah. we we just bought a. Reusable bag from Tesco, and that literally just has Snoopy on it. I think it's in in the UK, especially it was very much sort of marketed as Snoopy for the longest time. Not really peanuts. I didn't know it was called peanuts. People kept saying peanuts to me and then showing me pictures of Charlie Brown and Snoopy, and I'm going, "That's, that's Snoopy." I'm <laughs> allergic. <to
1: that>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we got char the Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. They they renamed it for the market here. Yeah 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 yeah. Very good. Anyway,
3: (laughs) aesthetics. Yeah. So that's. I mean that's just one example, but aesthetic books again, they're great for kids. They are great for adults. I mean I love them. I find them hilarious. There's always the the different levels of humor there without being rude or inadequate or inappropriate for kids. Uh, I think it's just, even nowadays the new ones uh, made by Ferry and Conrad, I think they're doing, they're doing a great job maintaining the traditional of Asterix, uh, that Goscinny and Uderso started. Um, so Asterix, to me, is, is
0: another
3: one. And if I go, I go Lucky look. Oh brilliant. I, think, I mean these are just fantastic Morris and Gosini again. These are just great. These are it's, it's pretty much aesthetics in, in the far west, in a way. Yeah. And, and the same and again all ages, um and it always brings a smile and always that image here shooting at his shadow. The <laughs> man that's quicker than his shadow. Yeah, now you remember the TV cartoon series years ago. That was great. Um, this is uh, another classic in Europe. That's um, Espirou, the Adventures of Espiru and Fantasio. Mm. Um, this one in particular is the Marsupilami Thieves. And again, that's all ages. That was created by Frank But many artists and writers have worked after uh, and follow the, the, the there's dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, books Esprit and Fantasio they are, they are really good, real good fun um, in the same sort of a style uh, idea to lucky look aesthetics, it's no good you know, that sort of idea that kind of classics, Europeans these are all ages I, I recommend that the Lucky Look, the Espiru are, are published here in the UK by Cinebook. What else? Uh, Dear Justice Lake. I mentioned that a few weeks ago in the that comic Smell, uh, in the comic of the day uh, by Gustavo Duarte. This is a beautiful book. My kids love it. And I love it, too. It's great. So, yeah. So, that's uh, The Justice League. That's actually published by uh, DC Zoom, which is a, a line that DC has created for kids, for all, all ages comics. So, if they've done few comics and books under the line, the line DC Zoom. So, those ones,
0: yeah, Asapira...
3: A- educator or library you know those are safe to give to kids
0: yeah they've done that recently yeah. haven't they it's like dc black yes. dc something else and dc zoom yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
3: so they have the black label for the adults the dc zoom for kids and then the rest in the middle but there's some of the rest that they are just not they're not really for kids but guys is... you open that up
1: uh, please? yeah of
3: course yeah that, that's the childhood of uh, wonder woman <laughs> Let me show you. They are, they are beautifully drawn. Aquaman. <laughs> um let's
1: see
3: if I got here. Superman, that's a that's a be- that's a great story, Superman. Mm-hmm.
1: Um yeah,
3: they are they are really good. They are really, really good. Go Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the art is fantastic, it's really nice, so yeah. Michael Northrop is the writer and Gustavo Duarte is the artist. Another one I want to mention, which I always found very funny, are Mm mini-marvels. Mini-marvels, Chris uh, Jarrusso he's done lots of them. Uh, like a little strip included in some of the Marvel comics a few years ago. And eventually they were compiled in books, pocketbooks like that. And these are so good. They are great for kids. And they are fantastic for adults, because I recognize all the characters and all the jokes and the in-jokes. And it. it's just, they are really good. These are really good. Really good fun. Uh, Self-deprecating on the Marvel characters, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but they are just fantastic. That's another one. Yeah. Show you some pages.
1: Devil dinosaur. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, fantastic. It's really, really good fun, these ones. Um and on the same sort of line uh, i got also again pocketbooks and that's from marvel that's franken richards some of a genius that is uh, this one in particular is written by mark somerak and the art is by chris eliopoulos uh, and chris Eliopoulos, he's really good. he he knows the art very well there is he certainly he has certain inspiration to Calvin and hopes in the way he has decided to go for uh, the design of Franklin Richards and there is reminiscence there yeah? and you know yeah. fair enough but the art is just great and um, uh, he's, he's done a couple of Star Wars comics which I have as well and they are really good with to do two of the droids.
0: Who's that one by? Sorry.
3: Uh, That's Franklin Richards. And that is uh, written by Mark Sumerak. Ah. Artist is Chris Eliopoulos. Going back in time a little bit, before Marvel did all these comics, DC did Batman Adventures. (laughs) The animated adventures inspired on the animated TV series. And people like... uh, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim and Ty Templeton and many other artists uh, worked in these comics and did this style of comic. And it's great. It's, again, it's all ages. You don't have to... and They're really good. Really good adventures. Uh, that's a cover for an episode with Mr. Freeze. And mm-hmm. uh, the cover of this book is several adventures. That's Matt Love. And one of the most important stories, and kind of the origin of the Joker, or uh, Mr. J, as she calls him. Yeah, that's just fantastic. So Harley Mm -hmm. Quinn, the Joker, Batman. So yeah, that's another one. A really good one. I, I love these ones. They're, they're really good I want to show you some of the comics my daughter reads oh yeah so she started reading the babysitter's club which is actually a series of novels okay and um, and they done
0: oh who's say who's art on that I want to say oh who oh, bollocks is that, it's not Lucy Nisley, is it?
3: Uh, well, this is uh, Gail uh, Galligan, these two, and the previous ones are from uh, Raina Telgemeier. That's it!
0: Raina Telgemeier, that's it. Uh, so, yeah, but
3: quite influenced with manga uh, and certain things, but yeah, there are adaptations of the novels they have been updated, but uh, essentially are adaptations of the old Babysitter's Club novels. And then, because she really like Reina the Mayor, then she also bought uh, Smile. Oh, brilliant. And also Sisters, which is the follow-up. And there's a third one over there. I can't remember her. but yeah, she has all of them. She loves that. And she likes the art on it. Yeah, and she she,
0: loves
3: it. she has read them and read them. and. I mean, it's um, Smile won a nice and a, an a well award, yeah. so, so that's that's yeah. good. That's really, really good. right? Dela is a really good comic creator and artist. Yeah, because yeah. it's not just. The, I mean, the drawings are beautiful, and the art is fantastic. But the timing, and storytelling, is really good. Uh, she's worked very hard to get this, and so yeah. Um, and I just feel like these are stories for for, for girls, because it's, you know, family, friends, boys, dental drama, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's what the but three weeks, two sisters, one car, when, uh, and it's, it's autobiographical, some of that, some of the stories. Yeah, f- so, yeah, yes, very good.
0: I've read sisters before, yeah. It's amazing,
3: but yeah, that's what my my ten year old daughter. She's reading now, and she loves that. You know, she she loves them, so she's reading to read them and to that. that. Uh, and she also reads. Uh, this is superhero girls, uh, which is a, it's a line dedicated to kids. This particular Is to girls. There's been an animation TV series. They've done toys, um, so yeah, there, there's several of them. But she she loves that. She reads that. And my son, he likes Doctor Who comics. He has about six... Well, he has over ten graphic novels there. Actually, more than that. Uh, Transformers. He has, again, a whole collection of graphic novels of Transformers. So he... And there's all transformers and the more modern ones, but he likes generation one. That's the mm-hmm. ones that he likes. He likes the toys, he collects them. But you know, he also likes the comics. He, he has that interest into it. Yeah, totally. And then he reads a lot of Marvel, um, particularly more classics, kind of silver age and things like that. So yeah, I
0: think that's a fair one. That's me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. It's a it's a good, uh, good little collection right there. Yeah, they, they do have
3: a. I mean, that's that's the stuff that they like. Like my daughter liked the Babysitters Club, and and then she decided, oh, I like this artist, and that was her. She said, oh, I want Raina Tegelmeyer. I want more books to her. Super- can we have a look in Amazon? So we had to look in Amazon, and we found sisters and a smile, and and she's been buying them. Yeah. And, so, and she and she sits down and she copies the app, She wants to draw it and mm.
1: create things like that. So, can we have a, a look at some of the pages of the Babysitter Club, please?
3: Yeah.
1: If, it, if it's
0: close to hand, Reena's done yeah. a Rena's done a good job there of getting on the Babysitters Club, <laughs> definitely. Because a bit well, these two just
3: now are by Gail Galligan which yes. is really good. They're really good as well, and that's.
0: Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Babysitters Club did absolute yeah. gangbusters back in the day. So to to be able to <laughs> do the the comic depiction is just that you know that's. Ah. That's going to be really popular. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, and they are. The stories have been updated, right. uh, to make them more obviously. Uh, but the characters, as far as I'm aware, personalities and names are are the same ones, you know. Right. The original books. But yeah, she, she loved that. And then from there, she discovered an artist she liked, and then she got comics. And that was her own input. Mm-hmm. That wasn't me going... You know, because I did, I did not know Reina Tegonaya Oh really? Oh, I didn't know her and then she bought some of the babysitter clubs because she saw them in a shop. So I said well when we come back home we'll get the English language version and we'll get some of them. So she bought some and then she started to do the collection and then she said, Oh, I know she has Reina Mayor. She said in the school library they had some of them and she said, I want to read them again. I would like to buy them. And she bought more books. So that's my 10 year old daughter. <laughs> so kudos those to her. Well yeah, done. Big time.
0: Uh, and that's me. I've just popped a, a link in the chat. Nando, when you get a chance, check it out. It's uh, you can find out a wee bit more about Raina Talgemeier. I, uh, it's uh. episode
3: oh I just don't, I have know now oh ok <laughs> I know now yeah. but it's at a... the time I didn't
0: know her that video is quite good actually though it's um, I, I knew about Raina I'd read Smile and Sisters and uh, I think the other one's called Guts if I remember rightly yes Guts yeah, yeah. Um, I'd read I'd actually read them Um, and that that wee video it's from a, a guy called Comic Tropes on YouTube and uh, he kind of just takes you through a lot of what she's done and uh, how, like her kind of effect on sort of teen to young person's comics and in the market and scholastics and all that kind of stuff. It's really good. It's it's, it's worth a watch. Yeah. Yeah. This is,
3: these are by Scholastic. So, I mean, yeah. They are really good. They are nice editions. Um, and... It's a, it's a very competitive price, I think.
0: Yeah, because
3: yeah, yeah. You know, there's quite a lot of pages. Yeah. Them and because around 180 to 100 pages. Nice. That's 8 99 in the UK. $10 mm. 99 dollars a That's a really good competitive price. So, yeah, they've done a good job, I have to say, to the publishers. Because you have to also, you know, you have to thank the publishers and the editors that you know they are brave enough to say you know we trust this product this creator this is gonna work let's go oh we're gonna oh we hope it's gonna work and we're gonna go for it so yeah it's good and it's a success that's a successful one okay
0: uh i've got some right i well two that have already been mentioned um previously bone by jeff smith Yes. I hadn't actually, I hadn't actually read a lot of Bone. Um, I had seen the visuals because it's kind of, I think it's impossible to be a fan of any sort of comics and be able to avoid anything to do with Bone, to be honest. Um, But I hadn't actually read any of it, and then came to, I think we had a dedicated meet about Bone, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, yeah, kind of fell into it from there, and it's it's an incredible series. but Jeff Smith's an unbelievable storyteller. I mean, even Russell. I know it's not that's not kids, but even that's a, a, a very well told story. But yeah, um, yeah. bonus. You're right. Bonus, like a, a total staple point, big time. Um, and also, I, I, I got um, some of the the Batman adventures. Um, but this this one's Batman Gotham Adventures and has actually yeah
3: that's another series but it's the same sort of thing
0: yeah, yeah. it's still it's still Ty Templeton Ty Templeton um, I,
3: Depp, Rick Borchett uh, Bruce Timm Paul Dini yeah they, they did lots of them there's different creators because it is different series yeah um, but
0: yeah yeah it's, it's they're cool you can uh, you can tell the age of this one though because it just says Batman created by Bob Kane and that's it mm-hmm.
3: I know which one is that that's an old one that one yeah
0: it so, is yeah oh so, this is a this is a Perth and Kinross withdrawn from the library one, mm. and it's been taken out. If you see the the little label underneath, it's been taken out like loads and loads and loads of times, isn't it? Like that's only half of it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, so it's a pop it's a popular one. Uh, I still get my kill when you see like some of the prices on them, you know graphic novel pound i I'm like <laughs> I'd give anything for that um, I had another one that I'd got from the library it was you know Batman Adventures or whatever and I looked on the back and it was like £3 brand new It was like oh fuck <laughs> um, Hilda by Luke Pearson fairly newer uh, sort of series. Well, I say fairly newer. Hilda, Hilda Folk, and Hilda has been going for a wee while. As a series is put by no Um but these are like sort of bigger sized. I think just slightly bigger than sort of A four European kind of size. Nice hard bound, um, f- fabric spine sort of thing. But uh, but Hilda by Luke Pearson, just beautiful visuals on the inside nice and yeah yeah
3: same sort of a school as Reina tv mayor and gail
0: yeah do you know what yeah it's it's been made into a tv yeah, that sort of it's, look. Been, yeah it's been made into a tv series and it's on uh, it's on yes. Net, netflix um but do you know what i, I really yeah. like about this <clears throat> is that luke pearson isn't afraid to do a ton of panels on a on a page um like there's there's a page here 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 panels in one page you know it's it, it you would think it would be busy but it actually just kind of keeps the pace up and i think if anything it kind of keeps uh, that the sort of age range that he's going for interested but then he is really aiming for like all ages Okay, it's more a kid-orientated story, but it gets dark within the series as well, and, you know, there's a lot of dread behind the characters, like, as in, she gets put into some really dangerous situations and stuff, and, there's you know, there's monsters that genuinely come after them and come after the town and stuff. I mean, look at this. Look at this panel, like, broken up. Unbelievable. But I really like it. I really like. I really like the look of it, the feel of it. It's that kind of. It, it's that kind of bedtime story, size and and feeling, and, and the way it's written and stuff as well. It's nice. It's it's a proper adventure. And like you say, with uh, like Babysitters Club and that, it's it's. I think it's it's a it's a nice positive book for young girls as well. But it appeals yeah. to all. It appeals to everybody. But it is a nice, a nice, um, you know, f- female uh, young girl main character who's a bit of a tearaway, but quite fun with it. And she she actually gets on with her her mum and stuff like that. And it's a single parent household and stuff. There's just little bits that you can pick up on that are kind of dropped in there that you just I don't think you really find in some other uh, kids comics. Uh, Fantasy Sports by Sam Bosma it's another one from No Brow about the same size as Hilda like fabric spine and stuff as well but it's more of an anime sort of style about it it's uh, a fantasy story where the kind of fights and battles and stuff that they get into involve um, like basketball games and baseball and volleyball and stuff like that but it starts off as like a dungeon crawler like the unassuming small child needs to go on an adventure and gets assigned the giant hulking veteran uh, dungeon crawler guy that's you know decked out in big brass knuckles and big gauntlets yeah big moustache and blades and stuff like that you know he's it's really cool, but they they end up having a an epic basketball game uh, against <laughs> against what is like a pharaoh in a a pharaoh in a in a um, a basketball
1: <laughs> vest.
0: It's nice, but there's 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 a lot of them. There's there's this one and there's a volleyball one. I'm sure there's a baseball one as well. Uh, but there's some there's some good images of them. Oh, there's some good images of them actually playing basketball. <laughs> that looks really good yeah it's really it's really interesting i, I, read... I play
3: basketball and i quite quite interested on that one <laughs> yeah
0: so, it's, it's really good it's really nice um and it's not it's it's not too expensive either if i remember right. i mean i only got it for a couple of quid on amazon uh, you can get them fairly fairly cheap sort of second hand um but uh yeah i read that one when i was uh. In for something in, in hospital, and I was sitting rereading it and rereading it. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, one that's really appealed to me in recent years is uh, after Mike bringing one of them along, was the science comics mm. from First Second. I mean, there's loads of these now, there's an unbelievable amount of these now, but it makes science very accessible, but it also doesn't pander. As well, it uses quite technical terms and stuff, but also has this beautiful, very talgomer esque looking visuals within it. And this is science comics dogs. Um, But just
1: there's a cat equivalent out now as well. Yeah, there is. Just for the record. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, don't know if you'll be able to see that. Yeah, it's really nice. Really good. Andy Hirsch does this one in particular, but I think there's different people to everyone's Because Coral Reef has uh, Maris Wicks. Uh, Dinosaurs has M.K. Reed and Joe Flood. Volcanoes has uh, John John Chad. But I think Andy Hirsch has done a couple of them, if I remember rightly. Because I think he did. I think he may have done the cats one as well. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think you go. Oh, the tree! You got trees. Uh, three, one, and it's Andy Hirsch. There you go. So he's becoming he he seems to be becoming a kind of a mainstay on these books. Um, but then this this dog's one was very very popular. So I'm wondering if maybe they just feel like they've kind of cracked the code, so they're sticking with a a particular artist. Do you know what I mean?
1: But... Um, at the back, at the back of this one, this is one of the more recent ones. It's got the, uh, it's got the authors and um, Andy Hurst has done only one of them in, in this uh, selection, but I think there's probably, probably more of them out now.
0: Have you still got the, you still got the polar bear one, don't you, Dave? Uh, no, I, oh, uh... Who's it who's it that's on that one? Jason Vola Jason
2: Vola Zach Yalongo.
0: Yeah. That's a good one. I like I like that. I had a wee flick through before I gave it to you. And uh, it was nice. Very nice. But they're good, they're nice and accessible and uh, they're done in a really good style as well, that makes it makes it seem more accessible as well. Mm. Be prepared. By Vera Boroskarl. Yes. It's about. Same yeah. Now, I know Vera's done Anya's Ghost. Uh, I brought that along last time, and Dave, you have it as well. But it's about her tales of going to a, a Polish camp and how um, she thought it was going to be like a, a really nice time, like all her Amer- American friends. They keep going on about how they go away to camp and well, they have such a great time and they. they, they eat loads of cake and stay up late and all this kind of stuff and then she goes to polish camp and gets shoved in these like really dark and dingy places with like loads of spiders and hey she's just getting like dragged through the woods and they're they're all having a, a she feels like she's having a terrible time and and it's just about her her development and how she feels like she's kind of lost a, a sense of who she is and stuff it's it's a lot of there's there's a lot of um real like proper problems within it but it's all done in this lovely sepia green sort of tone black and white well not black and white but you know what I mean this sort of green tone but it's it's nice it's yeah. it's got a lovely style to tell a, a a sort of beautifully personal autobiographical story but yeah it's um it's very much Probably probably sort of pre-teen I think. Oh, speaking of which There's a, a pull quote in the back From Reina Talgemeier
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: There you go I couldn't come along without um, Repping the uh, The Little Heroes lot <laughs> uh, But obviously Little Heroes anthologies There's uh, Three of them so far Yes With the uh, a special uh, guest appearance of uh, a certain family in uh issue two. <laughs> I don't know who that is. No, no, <laughs> I wouldn't know either. No not a certain uh not a certain loudmouth <laughs> uh, but these are these are great little anthologies, you know, loads of diff- loads of different folk within the sort of small press community within them. Uh, all trying the, all trying their hand and uh, um at very sort of all ages or kids orientated comics, and uh, yeah, some great stuff within these. Um, they're well, they're definitely well worth a read. I, but I've I enjoyed them long before I was even in, sort of involved with them. I think they're great, they're a great read. They're good, they're genuinely the sort of definition of all ages. But you know, some of the visuals that they've got in the front, especially that first one, you know, the kid with the big power cl- power <laughs> glove, you know. It's really good. There is some really good visuals throughout it. Uh, I think it's this one. And the hand, like some of the stories are handling some stuff because obviously little heroes is involved to like hospitals and hospice care and getting comic making kits in there. So there is um, certain thing, certain things in there, like kids on in the children's hospital cancer unit. And stuff like that, but it's all a tale about them playing football and all this kind of stuff. So there is little bits and bobs in there, but you know they've got also like jungle stories and stuff like that as well. It's really cool.
1: Cool tiger,
0: yeah. And they don't they they're they're like a nice sort of thick proper book, and the cost like like three quid or something like that. Uh, one that mean. Mike actually picked up a uh, uh, Thought Bubble, Wild Lives by Claire <laughs> Hubbard. Uh, these little sort of factual, funny stories. Um, they've got little fact pages at one side, um, with with the animal that's featured in the story, and then a sort of couple of pages dedicated that's just a funny a funny story, but also has lots of Lots of little bits of information about the animal in the, in the pages, and Claire's got this this beautiful illustrative style to show it off and showcase all these different animals, the Scottish wildcat, hey, <laughs> beautiful, but it's nice. It's a beautiful cover as well. I think that's another thing that I, I would say about a lot of the the all ages stuff. It a lot of the covers are very sort of bright and vibrant and eye catching. Uh, it makes all the difference. It's really nice. I I love that. I I love like all the little animals and bits and bobs that are in there. Look at that wolf. Look at that <laughs> <tongue>. <laughs> It's just great. A wee otter in the corner. Lovely. Uh, okay uh, one that I'm really gutted only had two books to it, and I think I spoke about this before it, it got made into a TV show that didn't do it any justice whatsoever and it's kind of disappeared and it's uh, Jason T Jason T Cruises the World of Quest Oh yeah you mentioned yeah I remember that yeah and
3: it's but, your,
0: Yeah, Yeah. and it's funny because it came around, I'm pretty sure if I remember rightly, it came around just sort of either at the time or just before Adventure Time came along. And the visuals on the inside are very reminiscent of a sort of Adventure Time-esque thing. But then a lot of these folks did come up with this stuff very similar looking because they were into Sort of Japanese animation, or they all grew up on Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon comics and stuff, so they're all going to have very similar interests. You know, that's why we're getting so many things now that look so much like Steven Universe and stuff, is because a lot of people came up with the same sort of anime and Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, uh, cartoon, cartoon sort of styles, you know. Um, video games. Yeah, video games as well, yeah. But I'm just so gutted that this didn't go. Any further because between the first and the second book, as well, he made such a leap in the art, and that's the second book. There's so much more detail to each of the characters. I mean, even even in the front covers, I think you can see a big big jump in the detail. Yeah. Uh, but I would have loved to have seen it develop so much more and, and go a lot further uh, and if I remember rightly it actually ends on a cliffhanger as well uh, let me see it's been a while since I've read it so yeah it does, it ends on a cliffhanger so we literally have one and two ended on a cliffhanger no more books <laughs> got in absolutely got in and you know they're chunky little pieces as well, but they're from a, they're from a a, a yen press. Have you ever heard of yen press? No. It's just odd. I just I'm I'm always so gutted that I never came back. And uh, last but not least, I got the newest issue of the Bino.
2: Hey.
0: <laughs> got the newest issue of the Bino the other day. Uh, Beano number four thousand and forty-three. Unbelievable. Good. But good, good. good, good. But I love it. It's uh, you got to love about the Beano. and I'm actually I was really harrowed to see that they didn't give away some crap on the front. There is puzzles in it, but there's you know at least they're actually interactive, and the advertisements that they've got nowadays are something to do with the Bino. You know, it's not for like a a chew or something like that it's actually like come and join the Bino Club or uh, or uh, get this book of um, 50 hilarious jokes and pranks from the Bino or whatever uh, so it's good, yeah I was really glad to actually see that it's mainly comics there on the inside it's
3: Probably the only one to <laughs> have the news agents
0: yeah it is now, yeah I mean hell I got that on Tesco you know what I mean I can get them next door occasionally,
3: isn't it? I think occasionally you still see some Simpsons comics I think hmm. in in Don <laughs> perhaps
0: I thought they stopped I doing see. Simpsons comics
3: so but that's it
0: yeah anyway that's me that's my
2: lot very good will I jump in here
0: yeah go for it dude
2: I went I went old school with mine. I um, I did a a friend of mine does an ESOL class online. Um, and he asked me to join in with it and talk to the students. Really just so they could listen to somebody talking English, you know, mm-hmm. try and follow along. But a thing he'd been talking about was DC Thompson's and comics in Dundee and what have you. So I, I, I had a bunch of comics out and went over them with the class. So I thought I would, I thought that that would fit, you know, kids' comics. Why not? Yeah, Go with yeah, these. nice. So I've got my, I've just got a selection here. Okay. On old ones, bees. <laughs> hey. With uh, ginger on the cover and, and often as you'll know that they would have a story that started on the front continued on back page two <laughs> page story hmm. 22 pence for that huh. and, and you had a chance to win five pounds pretty good
0: good millionaire
2: <laughs> yeah. so many of these comics lasted for decades mm-hmm. Um, I think now what we'll is the the Beano. This one was the Crunch. The Crunch. Nice Ian Kennedy cover there. Hmm. Science fiction. I think that was Space Hawk that one. Right. That was a character that was in was in the Crunch, and then you would see him at he his own his own star blazer. Um, at least one of them was a was a space hawk. Right, did I say Space Hawk or Starhawk? Uh,
0: I, you said, I think you said Spay-Hawk,
2: Space Hawk. There we go, Starhawk. Oh, <laughs> it, says it on the cover. <laughs> do you know it's a, it's an Ian Kennedy cover, but it's not as much detail as you would normally think of Ian on a cover, right? And that did occur to me, and then I, lo- I remember looking at the story and it's one of the panels in the story inside that they've took out and just blew up to be the cover. Oh, right, OK. Well, so that kind of explained that. That's 1979, that one. Ten pence. Then we have Hoot. Hoot. <laughs> Hoot with Cuddles on the front. Britain's bubbling new comic.
0: Oh, he ended up in the Dandy, didn't he? Yeah, yeah Cuddles so. and Dimples.
2: Yeah, there you go. This is how we started in Hoot.
0: See, I always thought they started in Wizard and Chips.
2: Uh Wizard and Chips was like IPC PC fleetway. Oh right. That would have been look, look at the look at this drawing of the mum walking in here. mm <laughs> a, a figure hugging People's saying. <laughs> Reacting to that. So there we are, the Hoot. 20 pence nutty this was a yes. this was a real favorite the nutty you can see i've written my name on it i always like to He's <laughs> i lost it <laughs> and this 10 pence this one march 1980 number six the doodle bug used to draw pictures and send them in and, and win money i think that was the that was the gist of the nutty right and uh, on the back Banana Man Banana yes. Man started <laughs> back in the days when he had his red gloves
0: and he's he's like horns or something like that didn't he yeah yeah his I love horn. that
2: a Banana Man style I just think that's great I know they changed it later on but that's I guess because I was reading Nutty I just love that Banana Man look at
1: that cape yeah <laughs> It's quite dramatic that one.
2: Oh yeah, he's baking the bread in the ovens (laughs) there. What Banana. I never quite understood what banana man's powers were. He just ate bananas and then had loads of powers, right? That was it. He could
1: levitate. Here's
2: another one, Spike. This was from eighty. 83, I was going to say 82, it's 83. Uh, this, one, this one even had an iron bar on the front. He was a goalkeeper, and it was the story of Iron Bar the goalie. <laughs> I mean, um, the, the editor of Spike used to come into the library when I worked, and somehow or other I, I found out, and he was telling me about Spike. He was saying there's a load of stories they had left over from all these different projects, and they just threw them all in. <laughs> right, that's making you comic of all the odds and ends. So it's got so many different kinds of stories in it. It must be the only one like a football story comic that I would have liked. Um,
0: I would have, I would have assumed it's the only football story that's about a goalie. <laughs> yeah.
2: I think that was unusual, Because eh? usually it was, like, the strikers or... I don't know, I'm making that up.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean, though.
2: Yeah. Not even football thing, strikers.
1: I, d- I don't know, don't ask me. Yeah, and Roy of the Rovers and... Uh,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. And I I like the one with the uh, the guy in the in the hills. Was it Hotshot Hamish? Yeah, Hotshot yeah, Hamish, yeah.
2: So this is, you know, i I just thought I would open up Spike because I do remember it had a lot of different stories. So there's the um, Iron Bar. There's Starhawk again. He's back again. Hmm. Starhawk and the Power Beast. Brilliant. That was right up my street, (laughs) that. Laser beams, spaceships and everything. And he's always got a robot hanging out with him. What else? Ghost in the cockpit. Haunted haunted war, uh, war story there even war stories I never really read, but I remember liking this. Good artwork. Of course, they never tell you who drew anything. Um, oh, the man in black. That was Wilson. He's a famous character going back decades. The mysterious runner and very athletic person. Um, yeah, he was a revamp of a character from decades before. Yeah. Uh, And then there was ticker tape, wasn't there? Ticker Tate. And then you would still get the odd text story. Nice. Yeah, with an illustration. Was that the death of Dr. What? Ticker Tate, remember him ticker tape, the man with the 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 time bomb in his heart. (laughs) So he was being forced to go on missions for for uh, dodgy government agencies because they'd they'd given him like a heart transplant but it was a bomb in it and if he didn't do what he was told it would blow up so that was exciting stuff and um and then you had all this usual kind of junk you know features (laughs) so there's like mark hamill fat file tucker's luck uh you know that kind of thing yeah yeah Oh, there's um, musical youth. Remember them, musical youth—that band. We know about them as well. So, uh, I don't know. the Dutch. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, here we go. The topper. Yes. (laughs) With uh, tricky dicky. Mm -hmm. Tricky dicky. (laughs) Look at that headline: "The boy who's his own granny." Wait, how's Mix. that even possible? I'm not even going to look into that. I'm just going to let that linger in your minds. He <laughs> was his own granny.
0: The logistics of that are pretty horrendous. <laughs> it's to think what must have
2: happened there. There's been a few events had to happen there.
0: That's Marty McFly gone really, really wrong.
2: <laughs> so the top up is was great. Now, uh, I've got... I've got the Dandy and the Bino. So this is the first Dandy that I bought. The corky the cat on the front. And this was in 1978, six pence. What
1: month was it in? It was in November. Ah. Uh, Were you around? Yeah, I was. I was. Not at reading age, but I was around.
2: <laughs> this was great on the
1: back, Bully Beef and Chips.
2: And I think he was like Biff of Bacon. They took Biff of Bacon from him in the viz. Remember Biff of Bacon?
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. The Bacons, the family.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, they did.
2: Had that hairstyle, eh? You oh. know, this this being the first dandy, I've, I've just reminded myself, when the dandy finished 2012, I did a blog post about it, and just to sort of commemorate it, I went through this issue and took one panel from each story and just put it on the blog uh, and what I noticed was everybody getting battered all over the place you know just about every story mm-hmm. you know th- this this and this one here he's like beat it you know <laughs> shove, off. shove off but you can leave your apples with me so the guy <laughs> stole Corky's apples <laughs> slapped them just full of stuff like that people stealing food and battering people to get the food
1: <laughs> you can tell it's set in dundee though
2: <laughs> it's realistic this is how why you you're related to it you were starving and you, you were getting battered good times so that was the first dandy and uh, the first dandy for me this this one was uh, is a, a reproduction of the first dandy now, where did I get this? I don't know. I can't remember where I got this one, but I liked it because it's a, a facsimile edition of the very first one. Um, so that was... I liked that one. And and then the last dandy was... Uh, I made sure I bought a copy of The oh, Last yeah. Ever. And there it was, 2012. This was kind of a ghosted... Uh, Gold edition, they did of it. It it ended up online though, didn't it? Yeah, they did a really good job when they closed it down of publicising it as not shutting down the dandy but moving it to the online. Right. So that was great. And then (laughs) it went online and then stopped after, I don't know, a year and a half or so. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like I said it was probably more than that. Probably probably they gave it a good few years, but whatever it is, they don't do it now. Right, okay. So so as history is, this was the last one.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got the, the last one as well, but I managed to find it in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I, huh. I got I got my copy in uh, in, in Scotland, but then I, I moved off to, to, to live away and my uncle couldn't find the last dandy anywhere and I said there's a shop in the there's a shop in a shopping mall in Abu Dhabi that's got about uh, three or four of them. I'll buy you one. For so sake. I bought it over there for him. wasn't when I came back.
2: It was a. It made it to the um the news outlets. It was on the mainstream media. The last issue of Dandy is out now, and I remember I was working in Ardbroath at the time, and I thought I'll go and buy the Dandy. So I went into a newsagent and it wasn't there. Okay, right, I'll try another one. And then like the third one I went into, they'd put a note up on the shelf saying, we don't have any copies of the dandy left. Mm -hmm. So obviously people had run out and panicked, bought it. Because, of course, people were talking about how have you bought that you know it was one of those stupid you can say it'll be worth a fortune in the future.
0: oh my god it's like the death of superman all over again
2: Yeah, I remember <laughs> saying that. I mean, a guy in the library came in and bit oh yeah that'll be worth a lot of money
0: will oh, worth be a fuck all mate fuck i remember
2: all. at the time as well it, it, so it did seem to be difficult to buy but I thought, yeah. well i went and looked on the dc thompson's online shop and i ordered it there it was like a fiver or something but if you went on eBay, people were selling it. You know, in this little window of opportunity, they were selling it for like thirty quid and everything, and people were bidding on it at the same time as it was on sale at the DC Thompson shop. You know how, you know how crazy these things get.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Now that I think about it, this this copy of the first Dandy is in was inside the last Dandy.
1: Yeah, in the, yeah. my one's yeah. like that as well.
0: You can yeah. now get you can now get the last ever Dandy up on eBay for two pound fifty.
2: Oh, I wouldn't pay that much for it to be
0: honest. And the gold, okay, e- the gold edition, the gold two pound, forty.
2: Wow, the gold one's cheaper
0: <laughs> by ten
2: ain't I'm gonna okay, have to. Oh, is... okay. Right. Dude. That was
3: <laughs> Sorry, um, but it's good to talk to you guys.
1: Yeah, you too. Good buddy. to see you. Yeah, what good to a- hear he you. You can't see my list.
3: I know. Sorry about that, Mike. It's just I will be late. so
1: <laughs> You'll have to listen in and see what I've got.
3: Oh, I'm pretty sure Tom will put the list.
2: Yes. bye <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Take care. See you later, Nando. See, see you, you later. later. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to finish off on the uh, yeah, yeah. on the, the Bino now. So I've got my first Bino like I had my first dandy. And my first Bino was October 1980. Uh, eight pence where Dennis the Menace and Nash are on the front and uh, you'll, you'll know the way it is with my old comics; so it's all ripped to bits and all that but you can't replace it can you? But even if you bought a new one it's not the same and again a facsimile of the first Bino Bino number one this was a freebie with the Sunday Post Mm. In a free souvenir edition of the the first ever Beano. I cut that bit off so I remember where I got it. Uh, Two thousand and eight. There we are, big Ego. and this is the original one. They've not nowadays they've cropped out the little black character mm. stood there. Have they? Total stereotype. Yeah, yeah. Because he's got like the lips and the watermelon and, and all this. Stereotype now in the last 10 years or so, when they reproduced the first cover, you'll see it stretched over the beano, and there's no, there's mm. no character stood beside it.
0: Okay,
2: you know, I can kind of see why they did it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. there you are, you've written history a bit there.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, I first noticed it at an exhibition at the the university, and I remember starting looking thinking that that doesn't. That looks different. It took me a few minutes to figure out. Oh, they've cut out that character. Um, so that's another a good one. A facsimile number one. This is a facsimile of the first one that had Dennis the Menace in it. Ah. And this came with a with a book on Dennis, 80th anniversary book or something, and inside free insert, first issue. On the back, Pansy Potter, <laughs> and a lot of what's in here is text stories. Um, but it's got like a half page Dennis the Menace first first um, cartoon with him, and we can see this 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 was an, originally issue four hundred and fifty two, March nineteen fifty one.
1: You know, that one came out a few weeks, uh, a few days before the American Dennis the Menace. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Oh, I Apparently they they both knew about that and worked it out between them or something. There was really? some kind of deal. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure the details of that, but I had thought they did it completely ignorant of each other or something. That's For what any. I thought as well. Yeah, but one way or another, they just ignored each other. Hmm. Um,
0: one got so a that's... film, one one got a film, and one got a TV show, so it's fine. <laughs> they both got TV shows. Oh, did the, the other one as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: true. Okay.
0: All right. Well, the other one got a film then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is. Um, I bought this last year. The Bino Four Thousand. Nice. Hmm. Uh, that was the four thousandth year so I just I quite like these kind of celebratory number issues. I do yeah, look out for them. No, i just keep it in the back of my head. or oh, that'll be coming around in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was the Beano 4000. Um, and then they did this one, the Beano for the v opening at Dundee.
1: Right.
2: And this, this was at the opening event for the V&A. The comic space did a... a like a challenge for the kids or anybody to come in and there's not an ending to the story that's inside us. And it was like, okay, you draw the ending. Oh nice. And so they had boxes of these and they were just giving them out for people to draw their ending in and then hand it in. Um so I just made sure I kept one of them V and A Dundee Bino. And then my last thing here is this was on sale at the V&A, a collection <laughs> from the DC Thompson Archive, Classic Comics. So you've got Ginger, Urwali, Banana Man, Smasher, what else is that? Corky, Dennis the Menace. Um, so that's a nice little collection. And that was um, five pounds. In fact, that was the only that was the only comic thing they had on sale at the V&A when I went in yeah. when it opened. I thought, okay, they've got one comic, right, Mike?
1: Well, I'm I I wasn't going to mention uh, Dandy, Bino, Topper because I, I reckoned at least someone would have brought them in. So uh David did, well, they, didn't,
0: I, well, I, they didn't. So you'll have to you'll have to show them now, <laughs> I have.
1: I have uh, I have some other ones and um uh, first lot I'll show you and this is one of those ones that's based on a cartoon animated cartoon series oh nice Count Duckula, and it's uh various artists I, I I've got I got a whole batch of them here these are from these are from 1989 and Oof. It's 45 pence. In uh, a house in Transylvania. Part of it is text and posters, but the majority of it is comics. Nice. And it's pretty much all, all colour. Some really cool pictures. Oh, beautiful. Based pretty much entirely on the um on the, the series. Uh, Count Count Docula himself was voiced by David Jason and he made his first appearance, and here's a here's a grizzly looking cover with a guillotine and Igor. <laughs> um he made his first appearance as an adversary of Danger Mouse. And yeah, look at look at this advert in the back. It's brilliant. It's got loads of Count Docula toys you could get. He was really big in the uh, in the late 80s, and um, the the Count Dracula that Danger Mouse faced was uh, a blood-sucking, violent vampire who wanted world domination.
0: Aye, but he turns and, he uh, th- turns into that from every now and then in the series.
1: Yeah, well, well, in the uh, in Danger Mouse, he it's uh, the, the story goes is that somehow, eventually, down the line, Danger Mouse found a way to get rid of him, and when he did. Uh, Count Docula's minions, Igor and Nanny, um what they do is whenever Dukula dies they reincarnate him and after Mouse dealt with them they reincarnated him but they got blood mixed up with <coughs> the sauce which meant that the newest Docula was a vegetarian. Yeah. Which explains why he's uh, considerably different from the uh the original version um, the comic had things like uh, supporting characters, like these four burglars that made uh, appearances on the uh, uh, in the TV series, and it had competitions and contests. And this one had a, a free glow in the dark sticker, which I believe is in my uh, still in my parents' attic. Here we go. It ran for um, the original series. I think ran for about seventy two issues. It was very popular, and it was in all the uh, the high streets. So John Menzies would have sold them. Um, and because of all the uh, mentioning of Dundee, I quickly ran up and brought this down. It's a special manual mm-hmm. about the Brunes and Urwali and um, even though it, there wasn't separate comics of them, you got them in the Sunday Post every uh, well every Sunday, of course, and. Uh, it was the bit that not just the kids would go to, but the adults as well. And I, I really like the, the beautiful artwork um, that's in here. They were separate, yeah. weren't they? I, uh, I, I don't ever remember seeing separate comics. We got uh, we got the annual every year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. one year would be the Bruins, and then the next year it would be Erwilly. They started but doing. Week, I know that they started doing them simultaneously
0: eventually as well. You would get yeah, that. You would get the Urwali Annual two thousand nine, the Bruins two
1: thousand nine, or whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this book is a celebration, so it's got a combination of comics and it's got some details about what was going on at the time, and a little bit into the history behind uh, behind the characters and behind the social events that were yeah. that were going yeah. on. But still, uh, still very popular. And also, when you were speaking earlier, uh, I, I ran up and got this Adventure yeah. Time um, graphic novel. Um, you don't know if you'll—I mean, it's a brilliant psychedelic uh, imagery in here. Now, this story is—it's uh, kind of reminiscent of what you expect from the the animation, and it's got characters from the animation, but none none that are really truly original to the to the comic um there's
0: loads of, there's loads of um like cream of the crop uh, comics uh, talent within the pages of adventure time i mean we've got the the hardback some of the hardback editions and the side you you're just reading the names it's like a uh, Rog, uh, Langridge, uh, stuff like that. I'm like, wait a minute, like I didn't realise like Jim Rug and Roger Langridge, and everything in the bloody Adventure Time comics. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah. <laughs> there's some, there's What's, some big names one, in this, This one's by Titan Comics, hmm. and it's got artists uh, like uh, Shelley Paroline and Brandon Lamb. Uh-huh. Uh, some some bits are illustrated by uh, Mike Holmes. And uh, I think the cover is by Chris Houghton. Oh, is, there no, is there not more than one in that one? There's lots of lots of people involved in uh, in just this one graphic novel. I don't know if you've got this one, Tom. Uh, I don't,
0: I don't know actually. I've got I've got I've got a lot of the the well we've got a lot of the uh, short story ones, sugary shorts. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, well.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mentioned uh, I mentioned Wizards a couple of weeks ago because I watched the film and uh, there's um, fan fan theories that Adventure Time is set in the same universe, but uh, apparently the time that Adventure Time is in was a thousand years after an, an apocalypse, whereas yeah, Wizards yeah. was two million years.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's so, um, um, yeah, there's, there's been a, a massive apocalypse, um, and the only ones to survive are all the well, the only ones that are still alive from the time that the war happened are Marceline and the Ice King. Yeah,
1: Is Or Simon,
0: it... as he's also known. Simon, yeah. Because it's funny, when they show stories of, like, um, if they if they show an independent story that's nothing to do with the characters and something dies, like, say it was like a giant or something falls over and dies, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be like a couple of episodes later, and they'll go to a section and hears giant bones poking out the ground like loads of like grass and rolling hills and stuff like sitting halfway along it and i'm like that's a good like that's good attention to detail
1: to call back to that you know what i mean Mm. yeah well the next thing i have is from one of those other categories i was mentioning Uh, a lot of toys had many comics with them and I I should have more of these mini comics with me, but the only two I got from the attic so far are these. These are from Dino Riders toys. Oh nice. Uh, so every every creature had a comic in there. And for the size, they're actually really, really good. Yeah. But Paul Kirchner, he, he did all the all the drawings and the story in here. And it's, it's really good because he's put so much effort into them. Uh, Dino Riders actually had, uh, I think it was Marvel, they had a three-part series in regular comics, and it was a lot more sort of serious than the cartoon was because in one of the episodes, Questar, the, the main hero, the Optimus Prime of, uh, of Dino Riders, he was being tried for murdering his, uh, his brother and rival, I would like to get my hands on that comic, uh, just to have a look at it. But um, it 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 kind of tackled some serious issues there. But uh, these these were these were really good. I I enjoyed looking at them as well. And, um, it made getting the toy a lot more special if there was a comic at, at the back of it. You used
2: to get them uh, Masters of the Universe as well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, well, that's that's one of the things I was gonna gonna mention later. Um, another yep. thing that was mentioned was uh, uh, Simpsons. <laughs> well, on one side, I've got Bart, and on the other side, it's Jimbo Jones and his own uh, his own comic, which I I thought was really uh, pretty hilarious. Uh, the bullies get their own uh, their own uh, comic. Hmm. Popeye the Sailor. Always a popular one. I got this from The Black Hole. It's the only Popeye comic I've got. And Popeye was another character whose origins uh, sort of blur the line between animation and uh, comics, but he was originally a comic character who made his animated debut in a Betty Boop cartoon. Looney Tunes Comics and another one I've got Animaniacs Uh, the thing is you you will oh yeah here we go pinky and the brain one's a genius and the others insane there's a there's a conspiracy going that which one is which is a bit harder to say because uh, everyone assumes it's a brain Who is uh, the super smart one? But in reality, he keeps on trying. He keeps on failing, and the brain uh, and Pinky just goes with it. So people are now saying that you know something, Pinky is a lot smarter than he seems, and he's the one that's like rolling with it, and he's all easy with himself. He's enjoying life, and the brain just doesn't seem to learn. Do
0: you know what? It was funny. I was um, I was actually singing that song to myself the other day whilst cleaning the bathroom. And as I said that line, one is a genius, the others insane. I thought, wait a minute, they don't actually specify what one's what. Yeah, d- genuinely, just when you were mentioning that, I was thinking they don't specify what one's what. So what if it's the other way around? and they're I just not saying anything?
1: That's probably one of their intentions, and it's maybe quite a popular theory as well. Yeah, the brain. The, I love. We the- automatically assume it's the one with the very large brain. I love um, I love the brain's uh,
0: voice because it's like a it's like a Vincent Price mm. impression. It's great.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, <coughs> Morris.
0: Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name.
1: Yeah, he he he's done lots of cartoons. Yeah. Sometimes sometimes it's a surprise to you know some of the characters he's done. In yeah. fact, both of them, both the guys that do the the, the voices of Pinky and the Brain, of uh, they're among they're uh, they're close to the Frank Welker level of yeah. stardom. They've got such a long uh, list of characters. But um, Warner Brothers, who, who do these animations, they've got a long history of putting their characters in um, in comics. Next one, I've got some Marvel one. Uh, I've talked about this one before, so I'll just be very brief. This was uh, Jungle Book, the Marvel version of the Jungle Book. I think I've talked about this in a previous uh, podcast and uh, I'd say this was probably aimed more at children than older people, and it was to introduce people to classic novels. There you go. This was this is Marvel UK, <laughs> forty pence, 1988, Visionaries, and it came with a hologram of Merklin. This is this is the comics that I grew up with. Well done, mate.
2: Cheers. Okay, folks. Okay, see you later, guys. Good to see
0: you. Bye bye. See you later. To send us any comments or questions, or just to say hello, you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmail at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ThatComicSmell. Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube and most other places you find podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam and you can buy the tracks
1: on Bandcamp. (laughs) Let's <laughs>